0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yes! Go Cowboys! This, this is, is Media Mash. A roundtable of Cowboys insiders. Dropping wisdom. And offering sizzling takes. On the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now your host, Nui Scruggs.
1: Trade deadline, Media Mash. Let's ride. You see him on their phone. John Michaud of The Athletic. Patrick Walker of DallasCowboys.com. Looking frantically to see, did Gerald Wayne Jones do anything on this Tuesday at the buzzer to secure the future of the Dallas Cowboys, who are 6-2 and two heading to the bye week? Uh, you guys are still scrolling, so that looks like a no. Oh, I was going to yeah, see what,
2: no. if you want to jump in. Go ahead. It's a, it's a no. It's a no.
3: Um, so the Cowboys, are we're at the trade deadline officially. Um, and no news upstairs as far as any looming talks or anything. So it doesn't look like uh, it's going to happen. So the Cowboys make one trade uh, this season. That's going to be defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins. Last week, he made his debut on Sunday for the Cowboys. Gave up a sixth rounder to get Jonathan Hankins. Um, and yeah, that's where we are. Cowboys 6-2 going into the bye week. One trade, nothing more. John has a smile.
2: Oh, it'll be sold. In a totally different way, it'll be. We're getting James Washington back. Tyron Smith's coming back. Jalen Tolbert is starting to scratch the surface. We played him last week. Those are their trades. That's who they're getting. Those, those are those are their roster additions. Newie, what does that do for you?
1: It's the same old four letter sentence. We get. We like our guys. <laughs> we like our guys. Um,
3: okay. Jerry said he had. Some things cooking. The team has some things cooking. I'm I'm confident they were having conversations with teams. But he also said, and and when he said this next statement, this is what kind of led me to lean toward not believing that anything will happen today. He said, "You have to be careful about being aggressive in these in these instances." He when he was talking to 105.3 from the fan earlier today, basically said, "You know, it works out for you when they, as in other GMs, come to you with offers." So sounds as if you know it was a situation where they did get calls um but they weren't necessarily making them if i had to speculate on that based off of what jerry said so again the end result is the end result jonathan hankins is is the sole trade of the 2022 nfl season for the cowboys
2: yeah the only thing that'll make this a little bit more interesting is if you know things get leaked out about what certain players could have be had for and it will happen yeah or, or for and what they were available for and that probably won't be good for fans. They probably won't like to see that, particularly at the wide receiver position. I don't know. I feel like they needed to do more at wide receiver, and we'll see. It might be fine, and they might, you know, go with their guys, and it might lead to a great season. Um, but if it doesn't, I think we'll end up looking back in the trade deadline. Just And, and it's just, it's not like, because I hate to just look at it from a Cowboys perspective, mm-hmm. it's you just look across the league. Right. Like it, it's, <laughs> today's been entertaining, and, right. and, and and I feel like it's, trended in that direction over the last few years where teams are making more moves like this and uh i just i just think you look at it from a perspective of if you're not going to do it now then then when is it going to happen because this just looks like not only where the team's headed but also how wide open the nfc is it seems like this would be a great time to
3: you know what i wonder i wonder uh, because in in saying that the cowboys didn't make any additional trades today and I think we can all agree that if they were going to make one, it was probably going to be at the wide receiver position. Um, There's interest in a guy like Brandon Cooks, for example, but Cooks didn't go anywhere. The Texans didn't move him anywhere. So it makes me wonder if either one or two things happened. If either the Texans' asking price was too high on Cooks or it was feasible until Claypool yielded a second-round pick and then the Texans double back and say hey well if claypool can get a second round pick surely for a multi 1000 you know year receiver in brandon
2: cooks we can get more than that so i the mean the tough thing with those though are uh the contract too you know that's, that's the thing a lot of people say guaranteed. with the Mark Cooper thing they Thank want to compare you. it to Claypool like you can't compare it because okay. it's not apples to apples mm-hmm. so there's a lot more to it and then let's be honest they're going to know a lot more about the players mm-hmm. they've watched all the tape on these you know the thing that we do after the Hankins trade is like let's I'm going to tell you how he fits in like do you really think that I really know better how he's going to fit in than someone that's watched all? I mean, J- Jonathan Damn. Hankins. Like I knew going in that they were going to trade for Jonathan Hankins. Like I knew. Like yeah. three. I, I was. I was just telling Todd Archer this. Like how often, or here, even this, Nui. When's the last time that you that you can remember the Cowboys making a move? It doesn't even have to be a trade. That when it's actually happened, you were like, oh yeah, we, we knew that was going to happen. Like, you, you look back, like, the Michael Bennett trade, Robert Quinn, Amari Cooper, you might have known certain positions they were looking at, but in terms of the players they added, I can't remember the last time we were like, oh, yeah, I knew they were going to trade for Roy Williams from Detroit, or, I don't know, I wasn't around here for Antonio, uh, I mean for, uh, sorry, Joey Galloway, but when the last time that, I, that, like, you know, the ESPN thing comes up, and you're like, oh, yeah, we knew this was coming down? The
1: Galloway trade was not a surprise, and the reason I say it was not a surprise, because this was one trade that actually, when you saw it, fit. Yeah, and you saw it because they were getting Keyshawn back. Right, right. Keyshawn didn't like Gruden at the time. Yeah, um, that was toxic. Keyshawn was Bill's guy. Joey Galloway fit more of what John was looking for—speed guy. So that was one of those where we, 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 we kind of thought about it a little bit, like this makes sense. And 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 of course, you know, Bill was always about trying to chase down some of his guys. So. Yeah. Um, so it's, it ended up working out here. When I look about look at Jay, uh, Chase Claypool for a second round pick, I had this conversation with Barry Church, we were just talking uh before I came in into the start, and I said with the Cowboys having to pay a lot of good players coming up, oh, yeah. a second round pick is valuable to them. That is a starting player at a low cost. You hope that the player can do more than play special teams like Kelvin Joseph. If we can get a lot more than that. It's Sam Williams. You know, you hope you can get Trayvon Diggs type yeah, yeah, you know, at your second yeah. round pick. Yeah, it's I said
2: Marcus it's, Lawrence. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, said, it's, I said it's just too valuable. I mean, yeah, you like a receiver, but when you're talking about a second rounder. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I just yeah, I don't see head. them being able to do that. When you think about financially how they and, are.
2: And your second router isn't even going to beat what they offered because it's it's the Bears' second. Right. There is gonna be, that's going to be a higher a, pick. They're going to take that. Wonderful point. Wonderful
3: point Thank that you. fans need to understand that when you see these picks that are being given up, not every pick in each round is equal. So, yeah, you might see it come across the transaction wire as a second round pick, but whose pick is it? Right? where is where is that second round pick going to happen? Is it the top? Is it the mid? Is it the bottom of the round? And that matters because an early second round pick is essentially a late first round pick, right? So yeah. you got to think in terms of that as well. So I'm, I was completely out and I could not chuckle hard enough at seeing a second round pick given up for Claypool. Now, if you're the Bears you could say they basically flipped uh, you know, what they were able to receive in the trade for Roquan Smith um, and that's fair, uh, logistically speaking but again from a Cowboy standpoint, to give up a second-round pick when you see what Sam Williams yeah. is already doing and potentially could become DeMarcus Lawrence as a former second-round pick. Trevon Diggs, which is one of those players you're going to have to addy up some money to keep. Micah Parsons is not far behind. You're talking about keeping some key players. C.D. Lamb. Lamb. And 14 that Pollard. notoriously drafts well, the, again, and I said this last week, that's another level of it, another layer of it, because if you're a team that... that typically doesn't draft well, then the picks aren't as valuable to you as a team that does draft well.
1: And where are you in terms of your organization? I think so many times people don't understand it. After watching the Bears play this week, I, and I saw Chase Claypool go there, I'm thinking to myself, if I'm, if I'm Justin Fields, I'm happy. I need some more weapons. You need some more help. Yeah. And if you, in at some point in time, they have to do the true assessment on, is Fields our guy? Do we get him more help, and does that help him? Be th- you look at Jalen Hurts. You gave Jalen Hurts a we- weapon like A.J. Brown to go with. You've seen what you can get out of the player. So I'm, I'm one of these guys that thinks if you draft these quarterbacks here, get them some offensive linemen, get them some weapons so you can make a acute decision about whether the guy can play or not play. So I, I think of that as being positive. Bradley Chubb traded mm-hmm. to uh, Miami from Denver and uh, for first-rounder in and, and Chase Edmonds, and I think to myself, boy how bad has John Elway just screwed this thing up for himself they could have had Josh Allen no no we want Bradley Chubb so no Josh Allen now you don't have Bradley Chubb you've traded all this capital for Russell Wilson which is why I look at the Chubb deal I say okay you're getting a first back because you have to now start to get some of these they gave a I don't think people realize how much. they gave a lot for Russell Wilson it's it's bad, and you've got to start to get some of this capital back here that you what you've traded away, and you're, that's one reason why Carolina moved on from Christian McCaffrey. You'd have to pay the salary. You've got to get some of this trade capital back for these bum quarterbacks that you paid
2: for. But you give all that up because Russell's going to lift it all up. Do you don't believe that's going to happen?
1: Let's run.
2: Yeah, you Russell say it every show.
1: Cannot overcome bad coaching. I I can't tell you the last time I saw someone as bad as Nathaniel Hackett running a football team. It's awful. We were there for, for uh, the practice in Denver in the summertime, and I thought some of the stuff I saw from him was a little hokey. It's Kind of like Nick Sirianni, he's kind of like a like, like clownish. I was, goofy, I'm, I'm glad
2: you brought that up because I was about to say like I was going to like I was going to let you go for a while. And I was going to be like, hold and, on, but what about the guy in the And, I, and, and so. I just <laughs> sit up
1: here and I just say, man, how long does this stuff last?
2: Yeah, yeah. But good
1: players help you last. Right, um, that's true. R- Russell Wilson coming into last year, you know, he wasn't running as much. He, he there were some holes in his game, and props to Pete Carroll and John Schneider. A whole lot of folks owe them some apologies because they saw that yeah. he was go on the down. He's 33 years old, and they're stuck. So. But I, but I do believe that you've got a bad coach. And he he should be one and done. The man had to go hire someone to help him manage coach. the game. <laughs> First off, why wasn't he brought on staff from day one? Right. Uh, their staff is young and inexperienced. He clearly doesn't know what he's doing. The man didn't call plays in Green Bay. Matt LaFleur called the plays in Green Bay. Right. Where did he call, call plays at? Jackson Bro, who gets mm-hmm. a job because you was with Blake Bortles? Mm-hmm. Who gets a job in this league? That guy.
2: Well, and tying it into the Cowboys, um, I just, I just think of when that deal went down to get Russell Wilson. How loaded we looked at, you oh. know, the AFC West and how oh. that looked like that was going to be the bar for for the NFL. And obviously, Vegas has been a disaster and uh, and Denver, obviously, has been a disaster. And then you look at the NFC East, like, no one would have said at that time, oh, no, wait, the NFC East is going to be, and the NFC East is, there's not a team that's hit, even has a losing record, you know? So, wait, is that right? Correct. That's right. Because Washington's 4-4. Four four four. Uh, that's right, they are 4-4. Four four. They Damn. were the ones I was I was like, wait, are they 3-4? Yeah. No, yeah, four, they beat four. the Colts. Right. Yeah, beat which, the Colts. Which,
1: yeah. which people didn't really want to talk about. We, like, at some point in time, the tide will turn. It's cyclical. This is what the National Football League is cyclical. Because I was saying to somebody, I said, hey, I remember one time when the— when Seattle won the division, like, 79 record. Yeah. And that, that was that quick game that, yeah, uh, that, yeah. that we saw Marshawn Lynch jump in the end zone and, you know, grabs peanuts and, <laughs> and, and show the fans. But Skittles. That, he grabbed everything. Um, but that's how this league works. It is very cyclical. But what, what we're seeing in Denver cannot last. They have to move on from him. Yeah. You're the Waltons. You've got enough money. They can write a check. But since you've got Russell Wilson here and you've got this investment, you better go find someone in here who can figure out, hey, what does he do best and how to use him? Because it's not, this ain't it. This ain't it. And I spin that, and I go back into Mike McCarthy, who, by the way, used to babysit uh, young Nathaniel Hackett mm-hmm. back in the day. Give Mike a lot of credit for this team being 6-2 and two and keeping this ship afloat. Yeah. Because I didn't see it happening after Dak Prescott went down, and they had, so it was a nineteen to three game against Tampa Bay, and um, all the credit in the world of Mike. Because what's happened in my mind, people saying his job was in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton go take it. Uh, Listen, lose a quarterback. I mean,
3: uh, he he's gone, McCarthy has gone from hearing all offseason – you know, about rumors, of Sean Payton and the narrative of, oh, well, this is a lame duck season for him. And they, you know, the team trades away Amari Cooper. And then they release Lyle Collins. And of course, in the moment, a lot of people are saying, well, it looks like they're setting him up to Fail. be replaced place for Payton. Um, and then the disaster that was week one, which included the loss of Dak Prescott. And you, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, here we go. Fast forward to the bye week. And I don't even think it's arguable that McCarthy should be in the conversation for head coach of the year. Like he—he's a candidate for head coach of the year.
1: That could happen.
3: I didn't say he'd win. Yeah. I said he's in the conversation. Justifiably I, I, speaking. Know, I mean, he backup quarterback comes in and Cooper Rush goes four and one, keeps the Cowboys more than on float, more than afloat. Oh, Dak I'm, Prescott he comes back and looks like he's finding his his chemistry now with the offense. You're—I mean—you're not
1: crazy for saying it, yeah. but. You got Dayball in New York, so you
2: already yeah, know, I, you didn't know say, I didn't say it win. And then I look, at, the right, I look at Pete Carroll. Yeah, I looked at the odds earlier today. He's like 6th uh, or 7th.
1: Yeah, I look at Pete Carroll yeah. and, and, and where that's gone here. The Jets with I mean, I just, I just think because because so much is about your team was so bad the year before right. and where you're at now right. that a guy like McCarthy just because didn't. he was 12 and five last season. Right. Even though you're saying, hey, you lost your star left tackle, you lost your franchise right. quarterback, lost your running right. back, lost your two safeties, lost your tight that that just will not count. It, it it just won't. I mean, Belichick can't win Coach of the Year to save his life. They're just not going to give it to him. Yeah. You know that's so. So after a while, I think
3: that's the the Zach Martin principle where it's just like when you're so good for so long, you have to do so much more going forward to remind people that, you know, the platinum just is, is still platinum because they start looking at platinum as copper because you've been doing it so long that they get jaded on it, right? So it's like when you're, when you're ranking players, you know, week to week and say, okay, well, who were the top Cowboys players coming out of any respective game? 99.9% of the time, Zach Martin should be on that list. But people, when you're having conversations with people about it, they they tend to forget Zach because oh well he, he did what Zach Martin does well that's not fair your, your right? bar is you. right so it's like that's that's not fair your bar right. is your own,
2: your your bar is your own greatness right. and then uh, c- so he's Kevin eighth o- right now it's Nick Sirianni one Brian Dable these are the like Vegas odds Brian yeah. Dable's two Kevin O'Connell Pete Carroll Robert Sala Sean McDermott. I like Salah a lot for and, that. And, Mike McDaniel.
1: McConnell was McConnell was the other one I was I just like about to say. You talk here. about
2: turning teams around. I like Salah a lot for yeah. the conversation we're talking about. I mean,
1: imagine if the guy had a quarterback.
2: I imagine. I mean, imagine. That's a guy. you the said though at the beginning of the Sean Payton stuff. I'm, I'm as much as I hate to bring this up because we all hate even discussing it, But you know it comes all right back. They lose in the first round of the playoffs. Oh, hey, it comes look. all. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter like how good what I mean, and I'm not saying in here it comes back. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that you know that that's going to be. You well,
3: know, Jets might have a quarterback next season if they can, you know, get Cooper rushing.
1: Rush, uh, L- Lamar Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Just throw the whole bag at Cooper Rush and no, give the Cowboys a third round. I comp I think Denver pick. would
2: be willing to <laughs> trade Russell Wilson. Uh, <laughs> John with a <the> huge smile. <laughs> that would be wild. I'm telling you, that would be Chets wild. Just throw
1: a bag at a huge bag at Cooper Rush. Hey, look, in this day, if, if if third round comp. who's that guy that replaced Russell Wilson <laughs> at NC State? Um, the Glennon, I remember.
0: Glennon. Mike,
1: Glennon. Mike Glennon. If Mike yeah. Glennon can go get a starting job from the Bears in, in, in a bag, even though they drafted Trubisky like two weeks later, but still, um, yes. It yeah, is, but don't it's you possible. think that
2: that would be a, a situation for Cooper Rush where he would go to a team where, yeah, we're going to draft somebody, but you be the guy right now until we bring – I mean, that seems like some. If a team was offering him money, I would feel like that would be their plan. Like, you be our starter right now. But, hey, just to give you a heads up, we're drafting somebody, if not in the first round, in the second round, you know.
1: So the the, the scenario I gave Heckma Harrison and Barry Church didn't like, I said, wherever Dan Dan Quinn goes, he probably takes him with him. I said, let's say Dan goes up to Indianapolis. Yeah. You know, I can see him taking a Cooper Rush with him.
2: I don't think Indianapolis, though, can afford to do the veteran quarterback thing anymore. I just think that they've taken so many swings that I don't think Jim Ursae will stand for that. I think he's drafting somebody. But
1: based on what you said.
2: Yeah. They're, you draft somebody still.
1: I, yeah, I yeah. think you I think it's a situation where you're trying to cover both bases. Here yeah. we have a young guy here, we got a veteran here. Yeah. Um that, that's what you should be doing here. So that that's how I see this thing, thing working out. Um, you know, come back to when the Giants had Kurt Warner and they also had Eli Manning. So, yeah. you know, that, that kind of situation, so that could work there as well. So hey, we got to get a break in. We're late. Let's get a break in here with John Meshoda and we've got Patrick Walker, DallasCowboys.com. I'm doing scores media match right here on DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas.
5: When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Homeownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, NA, equal housing lender, credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment
0: to lend. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning the official Ag & Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit UnitedAgAndTurf.com for more. Back, back,
1: back to back. media mash media mash all right cowboys heading into the bye week at six and two let's talk about it with patrick walker DallasCowboys.com, cowboys.com kevin gray 105.3 the fan and john michota of the athletic cowboys uh, at the trade deadline don't do anything at all so just in case you're wondering here uh trade deadline ended three 20 minutes ago cowboys no trade so off week, then it is off to Green Bay, Wisconsin, Lambeau Field. Mike McCarthy said, I'm not talking about that this week. I'm not talking about it. <laughs> I'm going up to this one. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it because at the start of the season, I was like, I don't know if they can win this game. Now I'm like, hey, mm. hey, you're a favorite mm. in this. They will be favorite mm. going into Lambeau Field,
3: Patrick. Absolutely. Um, And I think we all felt the same way collectively when you looked at the schedule ahead of of the years actually starting. And you said, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, if nothing, it's the it's the demon um, that continues to find its way (laughs) into cutting off the knees of the Dallas Cowboys. But. Over the course of these, the first half of the season, uh, Green Bay just continues to spiral more and more each week to the point where now you see Aaron Rodgers just flat out throwing guys under the bus, everyone except himself because he goes off on the tangent. I don't blame
1: him, man. Listen. I don't blame him.
3: The optics of it are horrible. I'm, I'm fine with you holding your guys accountable. That's not my problem with it. My problem with it is, from a leadership perspective, in the same conversation that you're throwing these guys under the bus, when you are now posed the question, well, what about you? Even if you believe this in your head, which is totally fine because you're a competitor and you're a future Hall of Famer, that's fine. But you you have to frame it a certain way and say, well, you know what? I have things I can work on as well. Because even though you're a future Hall of Famer, you've made mistakes. He's you've critical, made bad throws. He's a critical Hold thinker, on, though. But then he's – right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started on that one. But then he says, well, after throwing everyone under the bus. He's asked about himself, and he says, well, I'm coming off of the highest-graded game of the season, my coach said. So the The implication is it can't possibly be me. Like, none of this is my fault. And then turns around and says, we're right where we need to be because now nobody believes in us going into Buffalo. Okay, well, now you're coming out of Buffalo. You got slapped around in Buffalo.
0: I,
1: I'm going to be honest with you. First off, I did pick Minnesota to win the division and had the Packers make the playoffs. Miss, missing the playoffs. Had a missing the playoffs. But it really – you give this dude a good roster, he go. He's gonna go out here and ball and win some games. Who, Aaron? Games, yeah. Okay, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, I mean, look.
3: I, I thought I thought elite quarterbacks were supposed to make toilet bowls in the Super Bowls. I thought you, you were supposed t- to make the, everybody you, around I mean, you. You got, got the toilet
1: of the twenty twenty. Okay,
3: and he's supposed to be the the you, hey, hey, of hey, all ballads. I'm
1: sorry, even <laughs> you know the man. <laughs> you get what I'm. You get, I get what, what you're saying. I get what you're saying, they man. Need to keep the you energy know, is what I'm saying. But but just
2: I'll keep it. All day long. He's the man. Seriously. Yeah, you put him on the right team. You know, I mean, I've watched this. I mean, literally, you, the Packers, like, it lines up perfectly from when the Cowboys fell off from winning their Super Bowls. From that time until now, the Packers have been, like, arguably the best team in the NFL. Right. Every single— I mean, Now, of course, it's crazy that you bookend Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, but— the receivers they've given him are just terrible. And see, terrible. here's my point, because I'm being facetious.
3: My, and, and that's me throwing shade at those who don't really understand the nature of the game. And there's a an event horizon that says the better you are, the more likely it is you you'll elevate the talent around you as far as if you're the quarterback. But there's an event horizon that says if you're – no matter how good you are, if your talent is nowhere near commensurate with how good you are, you're going to be exactly where the Packers are right now, which is spiraling down the porcelain bowl. I mean, yeah. that's the reality of it.
1: Yeah, the, the, the general manager Brian Gutekunst, you, you should be fired for for the I mean, bad moves he's made. But put Aaron Rodgers it on. It started that.
3: with the joy love stuff. Oh,
1: yes, he's, yeah. he's been. But you you, you yeah. give Aaron Rodgers what Tua's got. That team, might, oh, yeah. that, that, okay. that team might be 7-0. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean that sure. that you know, give him some real talent. Hell, give him Amari Cooper like Jacoby Brissett had last night. He could just these guys are bad.
3: Yeah.
1: I mean, they're really bad. I mean, as bad as the Cowboys could use another receiver right now, you would want nobody off that team.
3: Is, Nobody. Yeah. That's
1: a bad. That's a bad group the, of guys. This
3: is who the Cowboys' defense is about to go against in, in a couple weeks. That's just yeah. For, you know what? They're licking their chops it fr-
1: frustrating. Get on after him, so he's looking around. Where's your block? I mean, he might pull. guy. Might be a dude. pull of Tom Brady. Start cussing dudes out on the
2: sideline. Pull Antonio but,
3: Brown. Take the jersey off. Nah, <laughs> but I'll
2: still, I'll still, I still need to see it to believe it, because I still think like there's just so, <laughs> there's so much. That thing in there's the just so much. Like evidence trauma. that, yeah, okay. You're speaking from all a place right, of trauma. Wait, wait till you wait. Let's just see what happens <laughs> and watch right. him just have the best game of his life in this game. And then all of a sudden, you, you know, they. It's the
6: Cowboys game, of course.
2: Yeah, I just uh,
1: died. Or, or what I always say um, when they play Aaron Rodgers, we know how it ends. Everyone dies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that I mean, movie ends. Wow, everyone seriously. everyone dies at the end. Kevin, hit your mic over there, man. Just, Is that yeah. what's happening? Is that what's It sounds like your mic's not on there. Oh, Got it? Is it? Go nope. yep. talk, 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 man, talk. Talk one, two, one, one two, one, two. No no no, 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 no. Hit another button there. Another button. Just hit buttons. Yeah, yeah, just hit buttons oh, and keep no, talking. The
6: they, what? Nope. nope.
1: No. Nope. Not, no. Okay. No. Nope. I don't
6: know. What's K, talk
1: loud enough and maybe we'll pick it up. you fantastic.
6: player. Thanks, thanks.
1: Uh, <laughs> we'll get it fixed. I, we'll get it fixed. I, I, look, I. But, but back to McCarthy, going back here, you, you know this means the world. Yes, especially McCarthy. against Aaron Rodgers, because yeah. Aaron Rodgers had no love for him on the way out. They was not good. <laughs> to it was, say the least. It was, it was not good. And, and Rob Davis
3: as well. I mean, keep in mind, Rob Davis yes. is in that equation as well.
1: And look, let's be honest. They Joe were right. Philbin? The reason they were right, because they won without him.
2: Yeah, it was funny today, Scott McCurley, the linebackers coach who was with them, and he was one of the guys that, you know, worked with McCarthy in the barn when he had his time off and that. He even said, uh, you know, when do you think it'll hit Mike? Uh, you know, will it be one of those things where he's pulling up to the stadium? You know, the game being all, he's like, oh, no, when that plane lands, because they're flying into Green Bay, normally they fly into Appleton, they're flying Green Bay. he's like, as soon as that plane lands, it'll it'll hit him for sure. Like, But that's the thing, like, Mike probably wouldn't want to talk about it, but, the players obviously going to know this is coach's first time going back the there. He's, a got a, he's got a he's got street, street named after him. him. Like they're going to know, like even if it isn't something that he says in front of them, you know, maybe it's Joe Witt, maybe it's you know who knows. Uh, they're going to be well aware of what yeah. what's on the line in this game and how important it yeah. is for Mike McCarthy to go up there and win.
3: It's too much um, Packers blood running through the the Cowboys coaching organization at the moment between McCarthy yeah. and Philbin and yeah. and Rob Davison. I mean the the fields are gonna be there. Um but for the players, the players don't care. The player I mean you talk about somebody like Micah. Micah's just going up there to, to eat faces,
1: right? But <laughs> yes, but at the same time as I feel like this is a group of guys that really want to play for each other. And I can see guys with. hey, look, man, we want to come out here and get get you this. There's no question. I
2: already got it already. If they win this game, that video that they put up right after is going to be like a Zach Martin or somebody giving Mike McCarthy the game ball. You know, it's one of those things like that. Um, So, yeah, it won't be. They'll be, whenever we're in the locker room next week, they'll tamper it down, and they won't say very much about it, and they'll try and downplay it. There's no question, like, behind the scenes, to a man, they want to win this game for them.
1: So so here's the interesting thing, okay? After the game, when they win, because you know how you got to make the choice? Mm -hmm. Do you go to Jerry, or do you go to Mike's presser? And we used to just blow Jason off. <laughs> it's like go get Jerry. You gotta go, go get to Mike. You get Jerry. You
3: gotta go to Mike. Got Mike. You gotta go to Mike. If if they pull this off, you gotta go to Mike. For a lot of reasons. Every reason that we just stated, but then there's the added reason of you know, the fans are gonna wanna hear Mike's feelings after this. Um because there's an added layer from a fan standpoint, although the game logistically won't mean as much as what happened in the twenty twenty four. 2024. I'm sorry, 2014 divisional round. But uh, there's the oddity of Mike McCarthy going back into Green Bay wearing Cowboys colors and defeating Aaron Rodgers, the guy who he had let's just say beef beef with on the way out. I mean, all these stories. It's just fun. So you
6: gotta.
1: You think Jerry's gonna take the game ball and give it to him? Jerry. I mean, what, it's What's Jerry going to do with the Game ball?
6: Oh, I it's think possible. we're in the building now.
1: There you go. Oh. Okay. Hey, 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 hey. Here we go. Hey. hey, hey we're riding. Hey. hey. Yo, you're riding.
6: All right. Yeah, let's ride. Let's Can't ride. I found oh. his voice. In the microphone. In the microphone. It
2: was there. It was just there. Just so what do you think? Come yeah, out. Yeah, jump in. Just say something real aggressive right now about anything.
6: I think Aaron Jones runs for 200 on the Cowboys.
2: Whoa. Oh. Oh. With your chest. <laughs> you, hey, you want hot take? You want?
6: As someone who
1: has Aaron Jones in fantasy, you know I want the Michael Jordan. Thing. <laughs> I was, Michael, it was always Michael. Michael came to my town. I watched him score fifty on my boys, and we wanted the buzzer. That's what happened the first time he ever played the Charlotte Hornets. When he, when he remember <laughs> the Bulls, dude comes back to Charlotte Coliseum. They think he threw it like forty six or something like yeah. that. And Kurt Rambis hit a tip it in the buzzer, and the Charlotte Hornets ran off the court. Uh, that's what it so if Jones does that and they win the game, yeah. But they do need to work on that run defense. Yeah, That run defense worries. You know what? Let's take a break. I want to get back. I want to get into the run defense okay. here because I've I've heard different takes on this come Monday. Some people saying, ah, man, you know, enjoy the win, you're worrying too much. Other people saying, hey, look, this matters. Let's take it around the table with John Michonne, Kevin Gray, Patrick Walker. I'm New East Grace's Media Match right here on DallasCowboys.com Radio.
0: The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf.
4: it's not complicated 5g requires compatible plan and device 5g may not be available in your area see att.com slash 5g for you for details this sweet, did you get to work on time yeah but i just realized it's sunday little sweet says head on home dr pepper's on its way so sweet me baby there's nothing better i bet you've probably done something that deserves a doctor Pepper. did you invest your nest egg in an nft yeah and i don't even know what that is it's a non-fungible token. when you build
5: you start with the foundation and home ownership is a foundation of a stable future What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back, back, back to
0: back. Media Mash.
1: All right, Media Mash. On the trade deadline, Cowboys don't make any trades at all. All right, let's talk with John Michauda of The Athletic. Kevin Gray, 105.3 The Fan, Patrick Walker, DallasCowboys.com. The Chicago Bears 240 yards of rushing on 43 carries, even though they lost 49 to 29 to the Cowboys at AT&T Stadium. As Dallas improves a six and two, I said before the game, I'm worried about this run defense. So I'll start with you, Kevin Gray. Am I am I crazy? Am I making too much of it? Should I just be happy with the dub? You tell me. It's weird because Chicago
6: ran for over 240 yards in the game, just like they did on Monday night against the Patriots. But it felt like the Cowboys were still in control of the game because the more you ran the ball, the longer drives that they had, it didn't necessarily matter. They just kept the ball and just kept running it. But they weren't necessarily scoring when it mattered most in the end. Cowboys, I think, got dominated. The Bears had 36 minutes of time of possession mm-hmm. on Sunday. But it didn't matter because they still lost by 20. I think it's different going against the Packers because you got a guy in Aaron Rodgers who will exploit you and be able to capitalize, I feel like, on long drives, unlike Justin Fields did on on Sunday. So I'm looking at the numbers, and my eyes started to pop because I'm watching Aaron Jones here apparently averaging six yards per carry this year with 575 yards on the ground. And while, yeah, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been Aaron Rodgers-esque, this game concerns me because what the Packers are able to still do well, which is run the ball you still can't do well in defending the run. So I have concerns still, and I think those concerns will still be there even with the addition of Jonathan Hankins. I think
3: two things can be true. One, you can enjoy the win, um, and two, you can enjoy the win while understanding you still have opportunities for improvement. Uh, I do believe that the Cowboys still need to improve their run defense, but I wouldn't use the Bears game as a barometer Or as a means of pointing to that and saying, hey, look, the Bears ran up 240, 241 yards. I don't care. I personally don't care. Well, why don't you care? I don't care for the same reason that Kevin just alluded to. The Cowboys basically let them run the ball. We we get off to a fast start. The Cowboys do 14-0, 21-7, et cetera, et cetera. And the Bears, knowing that they don't have any wide receiver targets, knowing they don't have a passing game, what do they do? They keep Running the ball. And if I'm Mike McCarthy and I'm Dan Quinn, I'm like, by all means, continue to run the ball because you're also running the clock down. You're not getting any touchdowns off of these. And the scoreboard and the clock is working against you. Have at it. You could have run for 300 yards if you wanted to. I don't care. Not all rushing yards are created equal, much like not all passing yards are created equal. That's why you have yak as a category and you have air yards as a category. But these, I could see if it was a close game, if the Cowboys were – You know, ever truly lost control of the game if it went down to the wire and they had given up 240 yards, you could say, well, the reason it went down to the wire, the reason they almost lost this game was because of that. But it's not. Those yards were mostly of no consequence. Cowboys backed up and said, we're going to sell out on the pass because we know you can't pass, but we know you need to pass. If you want to run the ball, run the ball. Have a 300-yard day. You're still going to catch this L.
2: Yeah. I still still have concerns about the run defense in terms of, and again, I probably talk about this too much, uh, about – the playoffs, because that's what I care about. I've just covered too much. I don't care about the regular season. Thank I don't care really about the Bears game, because to be honest with you, nothing that happened in that Bears game will work against a, a really good team. It's great to have the, like, to flip it over on the offensive side. It's great. to I mean, Dax back, and, and he's and he's throwing all over the yard, and they're going up-tempo, and they're running the ball well and all that. That's great. We've we even seen that after the offense started slumping last year, and then all of a sudden you play good teams, and it's like, is that really going to happen? I mean, like, for example, that team didn't have anything that scares you on defense. So you can go up-tempo because no one's going to knock you off of your game. You can stay ahead of the chains. So the the Bears game entirety, like, none of that really, for me, translates over to when I t- when I start thinking about the playoffs. And then, to your point, the same thing with the run defense. Like, I just don't see really good teams still running the ball if they're down late in the fourth quarter like that. So it's hard to take anything from that game and be like, oh, I can see how this will be against, you know, I guess, like, Philadelphia or Minnesota or some of these playoff teams. So, I do still have concerns about the run defense. Adding Hankins, I think, was a big move in the right direction. And as long as they can stay healthy on that side of the ball, I think they're trending in the right direction where they'll be better on the run defense, but they're not going to be a team that just shuts down teams on the run.
1: And I I go back to to, to what you talked about, and and I come back into this. You know, 240 yards concerns me because this is not going to cut it in the playoffs. Um, I don't expect a team to run for for 240 yards on it, but just at some point in time, you're going to have to – when you when you face Minnesota this year, um, when you face Tennessee this year, you're going to go down the stretch and face some, some teams that can run the ball. I'd like to see this thing improve. I go back to Tony Dungy's Super Bowl team. I think they were dead last in rushing, um, got it together at the end, went on a roll, and, and, and won a Super Bowl. So no, you do not have to have – um twenty two perfect players out there. You know, every every unit we saw, you're gonna be salt. You to have to cover warts. Lord knows the Rams offensive line I thought last year was shaky. They just went to the Super Bowl to face a team that had a worse offensive shakier line than them. Yeah. And it ended up being right. their undoing. So you well, can mask some warts and get yourself far in the playoffs.
2: I'm glad you brought that up with those with those other teams because you think about who again, me going back to the playoffs here, you, you possibly get you think, you think that the Vikings are going to beat the Cowboys in the playoffs because Kirk Cousins is throwing the ball all over the yard? There's no way that's happening, not with this pass defense. Philadelphia, they're going to want to run the football against the Cowboys. Uh, the Giants are going to want to run the football. They're not going to be expecting Daniel Jones to win games against them. San Francisco, Atlanta... They're gonna want those teams are gonna to want to run the ball against the Cowboys. So you're gonna to have to do something to stop the run. Their, their quarterbacks are not gonna beat this pass defense. They're just not.
6: And I think more so for me, it's not necessarily just the rushing yards themselves and what we've seen. It's about the disposition and what teams feel like they could do against you. San Francisco walked in this building and knew that they could run the football and out-physical you and punish you, and they did so repeatedly. That's what I get concerned with as we get deeper into the seasons, that teams like San Francisco, Minnesota, who have a disposition that they want to play physical football, that they feel like they can go wherever it is in your own building or at their own building and punk you out and win football games by just simply running the football and not even giving Dak Prescott in this offense a chance to be able to be on the field as much as they, they want to. That's what concerns me is what the attitude may say about their inability to stop the run in my mind.
1: Well, these are some of the great questions as we look at the ha- you know almost halfway point for the Cowboys. Um, they got a lot of positives. That's the only real thing I point to and say, boy, that's a concern for me. And considering all the injuries they've been through. I go once again back to these coaches, um, the job they've done, you know, Lunda Wells with the tight ends, uh, Joe Philbin with the with the running backs, um, what Al Harris and Joe Wade have been able to do with the defensive backfield. There's so many different things that have been, been moving moving parts for this team. Um, for, for George Edwards and Dan Quinn continuing to figure out how to unleash Michael Parsons to play his best football. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch is having a nice season. I wondered what they would get out of him. So there, there's a lot of positives for a team that – after the first week of the season, I'm telling you right now, I'm like, this is gonna, this is not going to be a fun year. You it's got funny because breaking
5: my, news
3: as well, by the way. Okay. Got? Sidebar: The Cowboys have now waived Tristan Hill. Wow. So
2: likely tried to trade him. Yeah. Probably didn't happen at the deadline. That that has now been confirmed. Saw a report okay. out there. Just sent a.
3: Send some uh, send a text upstairs to see if we can get that confirmed. It has been confirmed. So Tristan Hill, Tristan Hill wow. has been waived by the Cowboys, um, and it'll it'll be interesting because he should be uh, if I'm not mistaken he's not vested, so he's going to be subject to waivers. Mm. Uh, right. If I'm not cor- if I'm correct, so there will be a chance for a team to claim him. I know that that changes um, after the trade deadline, so. Now that we're after the trade deadline, everyone's subject to waivers now, technically. So
2: yeah, and it also yeah. answers a lot of questions that anybody would have had about Neville Gallimore. That absolutely, mm-hmm. you know does. that because that was the thing two weeks ago. It was, you know, Mike McCarthy said coach's decision: Neville Gallimore, or Tristan Hill, and they went with Tristan Hill. And then this week against the Bears, Tristan Hill was inactive. Neville Gallimore was up, played a lot. Um, so it's pretty clear that Neville Gallimore was was not. Going to be going anywhere, right. but also because you know when that Hankins deal happened, there were some people that probably thought, oh, you know, this looks like yeah, right. and it was, but never, they're different players. Yeah, and it
3: was never Hankins versus uh, Gallimore because, like you said, different roles, different players, yeah. different homework assignments. So, and Gallimore, once he was completely healthy, he had the wrist issue, the wrist issue that kind of cropped up right ahead of the Lions game. Um, they ended up giving Tristan
2: Hill the nod, but Gallimore was active against the Bears. And I know. don't know exactly how this works, but I think this also might have some impact on Basham. Because Basham, Basham was a guy that they were gonna, it was gonna be tough to the, the, on the defensive line numbers. They were getting pretty tight there, Very. and so with Basham, I would think that with this move, then he's probably good to go for it's the rest for of the season because yeah. he's coming back from from the yeah, IR. With, and that spoke
3: with Basham a couple days ago, and and he said. That exact phrase. He said, I'm good. Yeah. I'm solid. I'm good to go. And they've already activated his 21-day window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have that. That's going to be – it goes down to numbers. There is one on right. the defensive line. But just as a roster as a whole, I fully expect that James Washington, after the bye, if not as early as next week, he might see his 21-day window activated so that he might be available maybe as early as – gut. This is just gut. Maybe as early as Vikings. I'd be surprised yeah. if he was on the field for Green Bay. But What do we – a lot of a lot is at play here, and Tristan Hill—he—he's the odd man out
2: now. Yeah.
1: What are we hearing from the assistant coaches? They made them available today.
2: Quite a bit, actually. I um, thought I—I—I I, I know you and I were both here at the same time. I thought Skip Pete was awesome. Skip was Skip is the is is the hymn <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> yeah. um, speaking
3: about uh, or getting you know intricate detailed information about the thought processes on what's going on in his posi- particular position unit, uh, and obviously. You know he's, he's not been around a, a long time yeah, too so he has great examples and he, he's not oblivious to what's going on the by the Raiders example yeah, the Raiders, oh, yeah he had a ton of Raiders he, examples he, like, he talked Bo to me about Jackson that in Denver. Marcus Allen Denver. and, and, about and that. you know Van Egan and things like that and basically what he said was uh, I love how he positioned it as for those that are wondering oh, or saying what well, Tony Pollard should be RB1 he should get the bulk of the snaps Skip was very blunt in saying Tony ran out of gas on Sunday against the Lions. He said after he did that that 54-yard touchdown run, uh, he came over to skip and said, I'm done, I'm done. That's it for me for the day. And he equated Tony Pollard to a race car in that race car is going to be fast, it's going to give you what you need, but it's going to run out of uh, fuel much quicker than an expensive luxury sedan that can keep going and keep going and keep going. And the latter is what he equated to Ezekiel Elliott being. And he said, you need both. He said, I'm accustomed to having both. He said, Al Davis taught him this in his time. Time with the Raiders when they were out in Oakland, he had both uh, like two or three different running back tandems. His first stint with the with the Cowboys in the Wade Phillips and Jason Garrett era, he talked about Felix Jones and Marion and Barber and Julius Jones and Marion and Barber and, and then Felix and and Demarco et cetera et cetera. So he said this is what needs to happen, and I love how he put it schematically because he said defenders have come up to him and said, hey. The way you guys are playing makes it very difficult for us from a muscle memory standpoint because here you have Zeke as the primary and Tony's faster. So you have Zeke as the bruiser when Zeke beats the A or B gap, and he gets to the second level two or three times in a row. Now, as a defender, you have a certain lane, a certain angle that you're taking to stop Zeke. That's what now you're getting used to. And all of a sudden, here comes Tony, runs the exact same play. But by the time Tony gets to that spot... The line that you took thinking it was Zeke subconsciously? And Tony gone. You're, Tony's yeah. gone, and now
2: you're chasing Tony, <laughs> Yeah. right? So that is the dynamic that the Cowboys are working for. And I just liked it that he verbalized basically what a lot of people are probably thinking you're you're just Tony Pollard's not going to get 20 snaps And he keeps or, or 20 carries. Oh, I should say Zeke ain't getting 20 well, these days <laughs> right. that's a lot. That's becomes. But even even if 30 if he, was it, if not a little stretch, right? For but it, but it's the okay. Could he go back out there and get three or four more yards on a carry? Yeah, of course he could. But it's do you want those 40 yarders? You want those 50 yarders? Yeah. You want to keep mm. him fresh to get that? Um, the other one that stood out to me. Uh, another uh, great quote I like. I wish we could talk to the assistant coaches more. Um, we got to talk to him today because uh, it's the bye week, and then the only other time we get to talk to him is in one day in training camp. It's like about a 30-minute thing. They kind of bring them all out, and then you kind of get who you can get and, and try and make the most of it. But I love talking to Joe Witt. Awesome. Uh, great quotes as, as again, a lot nice. of experience, a lot of different things. To talk. Anyway, he was telling uh, – I asked him about Micah, and I was like, so you know, how does he stand out to you? How do you compare him things like that? And he's good friends with Ryan Clark and Charles Woodson. He said that he's told them that he really believes Micah could be a starting safety, linebacker, defensive lineman, and be as good as anybody in the league at any of those positions. And even he said that Charles Woodson, Ryan Clark, both were like, come on, Joe, let's be serious. <laughs> he's like, no, he goes, I, he goes, I think he could even play any position on offense outside of quarterback. Like, And he goes, I don't normally say that about guys, but he's like, really, that's where Micah Parsons is at. Just talking to, you know, whether you're talking to McCurley or you're talking to George Edwards or Joe Witt, all these defensive coaches – they they do not think that we've seen the best of Mike Micah Parsons. You know, that there's still plenty that, that well, he can surprising. continue to do, um and there's just a variety of things that they continue to do with him and and I don't know. I so, so
1: almost a year and a half almost a year and a half into this, give me a comp that you, player you've seen play, a comp for Micah Parsons that is not Lawrence Taylor. Mm. Kevin Starr.
6: Oh boy. Um
1: <laughs> I got a guy.
6: I guess in most recent time, because he's been in the league for a while, I'll just give it to him. I'll say TJ Watt.
2: Okay. Patrick? Mm-mm-mm-mm.
3: I like that as far as archetypes go. Cool. Yeah. Jeez, um, that's a rough one.
6: I think I know what you're getting at here. Obviously,
2: when answering asking
6: this question, yes, <laughs>
2: okay. the one that I've just heard the most is Clay Matthews, just because it's McCarthy talking about how he used Clay Matthews when they won the Super Bowl. But obviously, but that's yeah, still yeah he's not a uh, that's still vastly, yeah. he's not, Matthews not nearly as athletic <laughs> as Parsons <laughs> right. And I said yeah.
1: taking Lawrence out of the equation, when I think of Michael Parsons, I just think of a pure weapon to just where's this guy out on the field it's Junior Sale.
2: Yeah, and I just think I like of just that. you know the like ability what about Derek Brooks. I mean, I'm sorry, not Derek Brooks, yeah, but Derek Thomas. Derek, yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah.
1: Derek Thomas yeah. as well, but you know just that 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 ability to just guy you know sure yes do. I mean boy I go back to Derek Thomas think about how great he was at Alabama just remember yeah. one man wrecking crew just show but you know just with Junior and also and the other thing was Junior's enthusiasm and just the way he you know that whole that whole Hound and everyone. Oh, but,
2: yeah.
1: Junior was just that kind of guy, and Mike is that kind of guy. I mean, you, you've got charisma. You've got the – there's I mean, so much with He's There's total win. package, yeah. yeah. I mean, they they are very fortunate to have, have that young man, and he's not 100%. Yeah. He's no, he's not,
2: definitely
1: not. He's not 100% at all.
2: But hey, he made the two biggest plays in, in, in the last two games. Which down, the chase down from behind against Wright, the tight end from the Lions, and then him as, – as much as we talked about the running game wasn't really doing much from the, from the Bears' perspective – who knows how much different that game is in the fourth quarter if he doesn't pick up that fumble and not only recover it, but then return it for a touchdown. I mean, that's the that, right of there. the presence mind to get up and run. What yeah, that? Just, that just sealed yeah. that game. The game was over after that happened. It's
1: like Michael Jordan. I'm not losing. I'm yeah. not losing. I'm going to figure out a way to do it. Patrick Walker, Kevin Gray, John Mashoda. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you coming on here for the Media Mash. I'm Newey Scruggs. We'll talk to you next time right here on DallasCowboys.com Radio.